good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. It is Sunday, the 25th of February at 8.33 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And welcome to the show. I hope everybody has had a good weekend so far. It is not as cold um, today as it was yesterday. Yesterday's temperatures um, early morning was like minus 10, felt like minus 18 here in southern Ontario. Uh, Today it's maybe like minus 4, feels like maybe minus 6. So, and it's supposed to get up on the plus side this afternoon. So maybe be about the highs of of uh, four, and then the rest of the forecast throughout the week, we're going to see days with double digits, a little bit of rain in the forecast. You know, spring is just around the corner. Um, so kind of happy about that. But we do have blue skies, lots of sunshine today. So get out there and enjoy the weather because it's going to get a little better today. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people still, I mean, people can still go to the ski hills because obviously they can um, make, make more snow overnight, stuff like that. So ice skating is still available. Public skating on the outdoor rinks are still available. Um, it's been still cold enough for that to take place and they'll keep them running as long as they possibly can until mother nature mother nature says otherwise so lots of things to do out there um of course all you're running around and your grocery shopping and everything else like that so um yesterday's show um you know i talked about you know is is dairy scary and um, so I want to continue a little bit more about that. Um, dairy cows, how long do dairy cows live? And um, so in, in this article, uh, many people, um, consider dairy products like milk, cheese, and yogurt to be vegetarian, cruelty-free food since they don't require the direct killing of, of any man- animals. But milk production causes a great deal of indirect killing as well as significant physical and emotional harm to cows. And the industrial scale of the dairy farms separate mother cows from their calves, often within hours of birth, because they cannot produce milk. These dairy farms often send male calves to slaughter. The cycle of birth, traumatic separation, and killing continues throughout the dairy cow's life until she is, until she is spent, no longer able to produce any milk, and she herself is sent to slaughter. And overall, even though milk isn't the actual flesh of the animal, 
its production still comes to the expense of many animals' lives and the well-being. And of course, you know, with the dairy industry out there and their advertisement, um, drink milk. Milk is good for you. Milk is good for the bones. Studies, not studies done in a six to eight week, studies that have been done for decades, 18, 20 years. And the claims that the dairy industry make are debunked by actual facts. High in saturated fat and sugar. If you take away what they add into the milk, all you're going to have is a watery substance. See, growing up, you know, I come from a big family. And and back in those days, I mean, growing up in, growing up in the 60s, you know, um, dad went to work. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. We had eight kids. We had powdered milk. Powder substance, add water to it. That went on your cereal. And of course, even back when growing up in the 60s and stuff like that, cereals haven't changed. Loaded with sugar. No uh, beneficial to, to nutrients. Growing up, we ate, we ate all that stuff. So, drinking milk, I really didn't drink any milk. Just that powdered milk that was in my cereal. Milk production statistics. This is only four years ago. The average cow produces 2,031 pounds of milk per month. Holsteins give birth at only 23 months of age, less than two years of uh, less than two years old. In 2021, the European Union produced more cow more cow milk than any other region in the world at nearly 145 million metric tons. Can, can cows produce milk when, when they're not pregnant? To this day, it is a common misconception that cows produce milk throughout their lives, just like human mothers. Cows only produce milk after they have given birth to the calves. The milk is intended for their infants. 
in order to produce milk on the ongoing basis, factory farms repeatedly impregnate the female cows through artificial insemination. Industrial dairy cows go through their first pregnancy when they're around 25 months old. And after giving birth, mothers lactate for about 10 months, then they are impregnated again. So what happens to the male calves when they're born? Well, they can't use the male calves. They're carted off and killed and used as veal. This is a process that goes on consistently. So the cycles continue until the cows are around five years old. And at this point, their bodies are considered spent and no longer useful for the industry. Spent cows are killed and so is low grade beef or, or for other uses. So now they now they talk about do cows feel pain when they're being milked. So the actual milking process does not appear to cause cows pain. However, this could be due to the lack of scientific exploration and understanding because dairy cows have been selectively bred and given growth hormones to reduce higher volumes of milk. And milking could be necessary to, to reduce the discomfort caused by the pressure of the cows um, utter. So the conditions dairy cows endure in factory farms can cause pain, ulcers, and even bone fractures. And dairy cows also experience deep psychological pain on the farms. They don't see, they're not out there. They don't let them out in the mornings and graze and get the sunshine. They're in these large barns hooked up to machineries and milk all day. So the problem can be, uh, what problems can uh, forced milk production cause? And before the dawn of industrial farming, cows evolved to produce enough milk to feed their calves, about one gallon of milk per day. And then through the selective breeding and the use of artificial hormones, modern dairy farming practices have drastically increased average milk production to seven and a half gallons per day. Cows are trapped in an endless cycle of pregnancy which forces their bodies to produce the largest amounts of milk possible. And these practices combined with the conditions of the factory farms give rise to numerous physical problems with cows and often result in chronic and debilitating pain. And how long do they live? The average lifespan of cows is about 15 to 20 years of age, but the vast majority of dairy cows do not live beyond four to four and a half to, to five years. And this is typically the age when female cows 
uh, milk production drops, resulting in, in farms sending her to slaughter. But we don't even worry about the, the beef cattle. We don't think about that. Growth hormones, hormones, antibiotics to get the cows to the slaughterhouse faster, to get it into your, to get it on your barbecue, or your roast every Sunday that you eat. Don't get me wrong. Growing up, I mean, it was the meat and meat and potato diet. My father, his father, their father. So on down the line, drinking milk. Back when my when my uh, dad went to school, my mom went to school. Kids were given were, were given milk at school. Now, how are the dairy cows slaughtered? In the United States, the same slaughterhouse houses produce both beef cattle and dairy cows. By the time the dairy cows arrive, their bodies are often so damaged and diseased that they're unable to make that short walk from the transport truck to the killing floor. To prevent sick animals from entering the food system, it is illegal for downed cows to be slaughtered alongside healthy cows. So as a result, downed cows are often pushed into slaughterhouses through the side doors using bulldozers or other means of, of proting. Cows are then guided into a stall where they are stunned using a gun with a retractable bullet. This is meant to render them unconscious. Unfortunately, this stunning method is often inadequate leaving cows alive and aware of the, of, of the steps of the slaughter. Do people eat dairy cows? People do eat dairy cows once the cows can no longer produce enough milk to meet the dairy industry standards because dairy cows are pushed into their physical limits on the factory farms. The meat from the bodies is generally considered lower quality or the low grade and is used in cheaper products such as ground beef. And it probably goes into your hot dogs and everything else that that uh, uh, people eat. Now, what happens to the calf? To produce milk, the mother cow must give birth to a calf. Female calves can be entered into milking production or sold as veal, because male calves are unable to uh, produce milk. They are therefore unprofitable into the dairy industry and they're either shot or sent to veal crates. Regardless of sex, calves are taken from their mothers almost immediately after birth and often causes significant mental distress for the mothers and impairs the social and physical development of the calf. Calves who aren't shot shortly after birth are put through several surgical procedures, most often performed without any anesthesia even given these operations 
causes significant pain, castration. Male calves who will be raised for meat undergo castration. Disbudding, also dehorning, is a process where the horns of, of young cows are removed. Tail docking involves causing off a portion of the cow's tail to make the milk process easier and safer for farmers. This goes on in the industry every single day. And these are the type of things that the dairy industry doesn't want you to know. That's just some of the things that's going on, you know, with, 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 with in the dairy industry every single day. There's no proof out there that milk makes strong bones, healthy teeth, high in saturated fat and sugar. And it has been linked to diabetes, heart disease, same goes as for red meat. And you maybe have been on YouTube and you've seen the videos out there of people who go on this carnivore diet. They just eat steak for breakfast, steak for lunch, and a steak for dinner, and nothing else. And claim it's got all kinds of health benefits. And this red meat has been linked to heart disease, high cholesterol, colon cancer. There was a study uh, conducted here in Ontario and it had it had to do with um, it had to <clears throat> I had to study up um, It had it had to do with um, um, with the dairy and um, they, 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 they tried to um, well, basically debunk the research. On dairy products, dairy, uh, on milk, particularly, 
but they failed to mention that the dairy industry paid for those studies. You know, because when the, when the beef industry and the dairy industry, when they pay for studies, they only want the answers they want to hear. And nothing else. No, this actual study, sorry, I'll correct myself. This study. This study actually was done on 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 the on the beef industry. Now the author of the study saying red meat is fine failed to disclose industry funding and the and this was uh, was done at this this study was done at, at uh, McMaster University um, here in Ontario and um, So it's about the researchers' undisclosed conflict of interest. Linking the chief's researcher to the to the uh, to the uh, meat industry. Now that part of it was, you know, prevailing the scientific opinion, saying there's no need to re to reduce red meat or processed meat consumptions for good health based on this five systemic reviews of the relationship between meat consumption and health. And this, and the researchers from the Dalhousie University and the McMaster University in Canada and with the, uh, the American and the Polish Cochrane centers concluded that most people could continue to consume red meat and processed meat at their average consumption levels. And upon the publication, a number of leading voices in nutrition and science policy took issue with this study and claims its authors who have formed a group called the Neutral Rex did not disclose ties with the AgriLife research, which was funding, which was funding them. Now, as I'm, as I'm getting older, um, even in the uh, past uh, past couple of years, too, you know, cutting out all these um, um, ultra-processed foods, 
you know, all these refined sugars and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, kind of eating potato chips, um, eating, you know, I mean, it's so easy to go to your, to your, your, your favorite coffee shop, your, you know, coffee donut shop and get coffee and donuts and stuff like that, you know, um, So not eating any of those things, you know, which I haven't done in, in, you know, more than a couple of years now. Staying away from um, all the ultra processed foods. Cutting down and, you know, and, and reducing dramatically, you know, um, eating, eating red meat and not very often, as little as possible. Studies out there. You know, they've been doing these studies for decades. When it comes to, you know, when it, when it, of course we want to get all the nutrients and vitamins and minerals that we possibly can get into our bodies. Fast food. You know, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, any other fast food restaurants. I mean, you go to your favorite you go to your favorite uh, pub to watch your favorite your favorite sporting event. You know, um, having your chicken wings. You know, generally they're breaded and deep fried. It's like French fries. Maybe you're having that, 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 uh, that hamburgers and French fries and gravy. I'm guilty of it. Restaurants, you know, uh, outside of fast food chains and stuff like that, they're generally, you know, changing up their menu and, and giving you um, healthier choices on their menu. They do offer vegan on their on their menus, you know, because they want to get everybody into their establishments. Studies have been conducted over, you know, 18, 20 years. When it comes to um, eating beef, lamb, pork, and processed meats, will increase your risk of coronary heart disease later in life. Studies over 1.4 million people who have followed for 30 years, also called coronary heart disease, the condition's leading cause of death and disability globally, is developed is developed when fatty 
Fatty deposits of cholesterol create plaque buildup in the walls of the arteries that supply uh, blood to the heart. The risk of coronary heart disease increased as the amount of meat increased, according to the study. Like I know my diet. I stopped eating fast foods. And, and another, uh, um, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, the Western, the, the Western world's diet, meat and potatoes. We're not as populated as the United States are here in Canada. We have 40 million Canadians, people, Americans have something around what 385 million people you know they're almost 10 times the population fast food chains are, are are fast in the united states they're also big here in canada apparently we're going to have um, another mcdonald's here in the city that i reside in as though if we if we really need another McDonald's. For each 1.75 ounces or 50 grams of beef, lamb, and a pork eaten, the risk of coronary heart disease rose 9%. Now a recommended serving of meat is about 3 ounces, 85 grams. That's about the size of a bar of soap or a deck of cards. This is according to the American Standard Society. For each 1.75 ounces, 50 grams of processed meat, such as bacon, ham, and sausage that were eaten, the risk rose by 18%. Processed meats appear to be worse for the coronary heart disease. And this is a line with has been found for bowel cancer, where processed meat has been shown to be associated with higher increase in the red meat. So nine to eighteen percent doesn't sound like much of a risk. Now it might might if you consider a few people eat less than two ounces of red meat or processed meat at any meal. So a takeout restaurant dinner of a typical cut of beef, as an example, fill, uh, uh, the fillets, sirloin, stripping, and ribeye steaks eaten at a steakhouse can weigh between 9 to 12 ounces, 255 to 340 grams. So that means you could easily consume about five to seven ounces, 142 to 180 grams of beef in a single meal. And do you, do you have bacon for breakfast? Your risk is even higher. I don't remember when I, I, I can't even remember when the last time I had bacon and eggs. Even egg, 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 uh, even eggs. 
um, are high in cholesterol, and that's the bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol. Now, whether you switch to a plant-based diet and things like that, that's entirely up to what you do, right? Your health is on you. Studies have shown the best diets to follow to reduce the risk of heart disease are plant-based. And rankings for the best diet for a healthy heart by the U.S. News and World Report, Mediterranean. They still do eat a little bit of meat. Or you can just go completely meatless. So in this Mediterranean diet, so meat can make a rare appearance, usually only to, to flavor a dish. So I guess, you know, people, you know, who are, who are health conscious and you want to be physically active and uh, you want to go to the gym or maybe you want to, you know, take up jogging and, but we have to think about what, what are we getting? What are we going to eat to get the best, the best health benefits? Because you can't stay, you can't stay on the, on the, on the, on the regular North American diet and, and going to the gym and working out, going for a jog, you know, and being frustrated because, Hey, I'm not, I'm not losing, you know, the fat, the weight that I want to lose because you haven't changed your diet. You go to the gym, you come home and you get a glass of milk, high in saturated fat, sugar. What type of cereal are you eating in the morning? Do you eat breakfast in the morning? Or what time do you eat breakfast in the morning? What are you eating for breakfast? Are you going through that drive-thru to get the breakfast sandwich? Sausage and egg? Hash brown? Coffee? Make your way to the gym? Do a little exercise? Go to work? Whether you work in manufacturing and you feed all day, or you're sitting, by, sitting on the office chair behind, your, behind the uh, uh, laptop and phone. You know, I was, I don't know, I mean, it took some, uh, well, I mean, it, it 
took a lot of determination. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, so when I go to the grocery store and you go to where all the baked goods are, all the pastries and cakes and cookies and, and, and all that stuff, you know, at first it wasn't easy to walk by all that stuff, you know, in the chips. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy to quit smoking. You know, it's got to throw some willpower in there as well, right? Same with trying to cut back on, on, on baked goods, you know, and, you know, chips and cookies and, and desserts and ice cream and, and, and all these things, right, that we love to indulge in. You know, and popcorn, buttered popcorn, salted, you know, watching a movie at home or going to the movie theater, you know, getting that soda drink, uh, the candy and the popcorn, you know, load it with butter and salt. Going to your coffee shop and getting your, your muffins and donuts. No, it wasn't easy for me to walk by all that stuff. But it got easier as I kept doing it. Wasn't putting it in the cart, not bringing it home. If it's not in the cupboard, then I'm not going to eat it. Yeah, it takes time. You have these cravings. And... and you know, comfort food, we can call it comfort food, and people eat comfort food for, for, for many reasons. They get people feeling down and they, they want comfort food. You know, they want to eat those potato chips. They want those cookies or they want that, that big bowl of ice cream. You know, or... You know, we, we want we want to um, get that euphoria. Your brain, your, your, your gut is telling your brain, yeah, go get that ice cream. Go get those chips. Go get those cookies. Yeah, go get it. Go get it. Yeah, you got to have it. Yeah, excitement. Right? And you run off to the grocery store and you just grab those chips and those cookies. Run by the... the, the the, your favorite coffee shop and pick up a dozen donuts or well it's eight o'clock at night I'm still hungry you know I man I just had chips I just had cookies I had some donuts I'm still hungry get on Uber Eats wherever you order your pizza Oh, got to have that pizza now. It's 8 o'clock at night. I'm still hungry. Don't want to go to bed hungry. All these empty calories that you've put in there before you, you decide that your, your stomach's telling your brain, no, man, you got, you know, got to keep eating. You order that pizza. Whether it's a pepperoni pizza, three meat pizza, um, 
any style of pizza that you like and you're eating all that dough and all that dairy oh sure it's got some onions on it and it's got some vegetables on it the North American diet you know is uh it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I mean, there's so many different things out there that we could be eating that is so much more healthier for us. I'm not telling you what to eat. I'm not telling you to go vegan. This is the choices that you have to make. The choices that I made of, of, of not eating these ultra-fat, ultra-processed foods and potato chips and cookies and popcorn and ice cream and pizza and all this stuff. It's not in my diet. One of the, uh, A couple of the uh, um, doctors out there that you know um, I follow um, is is Dr. Joel Furman and Dr. Neil uh, Bedard. Just off the top of my head, there's a couple of ones that they've they've done. Um, research for, for, for decades. And uh, I thought I had a list. Um, but it only takes me a second to uh, define that. Um, you can get their books on, on uh, Amazon, or you can get them at, at, at your bookstores as, as well. But just a list of, whoops, just a, um, a list of books. Um, give you an example of them. Whoops, don't want that. Just trying to make my screen bigger here. Um, I thought I had it on here. Maybe I put it on my phone and I didn't switch it over or something. Just real quick here. It's probably in my in my search history. Yep, here we go. So, Dr. Joel Furman um, books. Um, Joel Furman, um, Eat for Life, Eat to Live, Super uh, Immunity. Fasting and eating for, for better health. Um, the end of dieting. Um, the end of heart disease. Fast food genocide. The end of diabetes. 
cholesterol protection life. Eat for health. That's just some of the books that you can get on uh, at your favorite uh, wherever. Go to your, your bookstore or, or on um, Amazon. Um, um, another one here was... Um, Uh, Dr. Neil uh, uh, Bedard, uh, The Power of Food Diets, Your Body in Balance, Power of Foods, uh, The Vegan Starter, uh, Food for Life, um, Foods That Fight Pain, and there was uh, uh, another one here. Um, Eat to Beat Disease uh, was written by um, William W. Lee. He's a medical doctor. Um, yeah, so Eat, eat to Beat uh, Disease, um, Eat to Beat Your Diet. Um, so he's got he's got uh, a couple books out there as well that you can get at your local bookstore or off of Amazon and stuff like that. If these are the kind of things that you know you want to you know dabble in and you want to learn more about eating healthier and stuff like that, you know these are the uh, like the three the anyways that you know I follow that 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 I read their books. You know, and then do my own research. You know, so it's just, you know, it, it takes, I mean, it takes a, um, a little bit of time. You know, but you, but you have to, you have to want to. change your eating habits. You know, it's up to you. I mean, it's, it, it, it's you, it's, it, it's up to you as though, you know, it's like it was up to me to decide, well, okay, you know what? I'm not eating McDonald's anymore. I'm not eating Burger King. I'm not eating Wendy's, I'm not eating these, um, you know, deep fried foods, you know, the ultra processed foods. You know, I was reading an article this morning too. Um, uh, the Canadian beef industry. Um, they're sounding the alarm that it's going to cost you even more at the grocery store to buy your 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 hamburger. And, and your steaks and your roasts and your veal. Same with same with pork, same with chicken. Prices are even gonna go up more. But then what do we have left? You know, people people going to the grocery stores today, you know. And how hard it is, you know, to 
to keep your budget in check, you know, and, and feed your children and yourselves. People are, 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 are resorting to, you know, the, the, the more ultra processed foods because they're lesser in price. I don't, I don't think going to, um, going to Costco, um, you know, cause you buy things in bulk, maybe some things might be beneficial, some, you know, save you money on some things, but it's not going to save you money on everything. I mean, their meat prices aren't really going to be any different than what the grocery store prices are going to be. They get their beef from the same place. They're checking in their park. I mean, I can't tell you, I can't tell you what to eat. You know, I made, I made my health choices. You know, nobody um, twisted my arm to say, oh, you know, Either, you know, cut out red meat altogether or animal products altogether or just limit them or, you know, no one's twisting my arm. Doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of research. Seeing what the, you know, what the beef industry is saying and, and, and the dairy industry is saying and then finding and digging and digging deeper and, and, and finding out about red meat and meat in general and getting the facts and getting the truth Who's funding these studies? Because I was I was looking at dairy the other day. I was looking at dairy and and you know the dairy industry is saying that milk builds strong bones, healthy teeth. There's no proof that it does. You know, then, you know, people, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'd be on, I'd be on YouTube and, um, the carnivore diet, I mentioned this earlier in my show, the, the, the carnivore diet, you know, seems to be, um, a big thing right now. Um, Dr. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist here in Ontario. Canada and um, his his daughter went on the carnivore diet and convinced him to go on this carnivore diet you know eating steak for, for breakfast lunch and dinner and nothing else his daughter claimed that it, it cured her osteoporosis 
he claimed it cured his, his depression. Well, I guess of anybody who, I, I guess, you know, for him saying that and being a clinical psychologist, you know, I guess him by saying that is saying, oh, you don't need any depressants anymore. Go on, go on the vegan, go, go, go on the, uh, on the carnivore diet. And if you want strong bones and healthy te teeth, go on the carnivore diet, according to Michaela Peterson. It cured her osteoporosis. People say it cleared, it, 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 uh, uh, red meat uh, cured their arthritis, lowered their inflammation, when in fact red meat increases inflammation. I mean, there's 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 so many different rabbit holes you can go down, like anything else out there. But I research and I read and I, and I read hard and I research hard and I dig. The carnivore diet is not sustainable. The carnivore diet is a, a, is a really serious health risk because you're not getting any other vitamins and nut or nutrients or minerals that you need. It's not sustainable. It'd be detrimental to your health. If that's all you're going to eat in the morning is a steak, one for lunch, one for dinner. I don't know how that's even sustainable. Studies have been conducted for 18, 20 years, 30 years. You know, linking red meat to, to heart disease, to colon cancer, high cholesterol. And then studies out there trying to debunk that. Only to be paid by the beef industry. Milk is high in cholesterol, saturated, uh, saturated fat and sugar. If you take away what they add into milk, all you're going to have is a watery substance. The dairy industry, like one study, Dalhousie and McMaster study, uh, tries to, you know, debunk the fact that, you know, they, they keep pushing, they keep pushing that it builds strong bones and healthy teeth. Milk's good for you. And that, and that study um, um, done uh, by the Dalhousie and McMaster um, University um, that was done here in Ontario
The researchers who did this at McMaster and Dalhousie failed to mention that the that the um, that it was that it was paid for. Of course, you know, the dairy industry and the meat industry and stuff like that paid for that study. Saying that there was no link, you know, to to um, heart disease and, and colon cancer. And you can still, you know, in the in, with the meat, you can, red meat, you can still consume all the red meat you want. Here in Canada, 2019, um, the, the Canadian Health Food Guide removed dairy from the Canadian Health Food Guide. Dairy industry got upset. But they try to advertise where they possibly can. For instance, you know, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the National Hockey League team here in Toronto, Ontario, sporting the milk emblem on their jerseys, sponsored by the dairy industry. I mean, you can't, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you, you can't do, you can't do studies, you know, based on what the, what the, so the dairy industry, you know, they're, they're, they're only going to pay for studies with so they get the, the results that they, they, that they want and get the results that they only want you to know. Same with the beef industries. So this study that I was talking about, um, was done at Dalhousie and McMaster universities. And this author of the study saying red meat is fine and failed to disclose the industry's funding. So the study, so the prevailing scientific opinion saying there was no need to reduce red or processed meat consumptions for good health. Based on five systematic reviews of the relationship between meat consumption and health. So these researchers from Dalhousie University, McMaster University in Canada, where I reside, with the, um, 
Libero-American and Polish Cochrane Sanders concluded that most people can continue to consume red meat and processed meat at their average consumption levels. And upon that publication, a number of leading voices in the nutrition and science policy took issue with the study and claimed its authors who had formed a group called the Neutral Rex did not disclose ties with the AgriLife research, which is funded by the beef industry. And I was reading, so I was reading uh, uh, other studies. And um, so this, this study saying that, I'm thinking, okay, uh, this has some, some, somebody who, somebody is paying for this. Somebody's paying for this study. And sure enough, it was in the Washington Post. And in other journals, that uh, seek the truth and found out this study was paid by the beef industry. And that's why, you know, that's why when, when, when I do a podcast, I want to talk to you about something. Whether it is about, um, like the ultra processed foods and stuff like that. I do my homework. I do my research. Cause I want to know, I want to know personally. I want to know about, you know, okay, uh, you know, all the cereals out there that are, are targeted towards children, all the sugary cereals out there. I mean, you can't, uh, you go shopping with your kids and, and you're going down that cereal aisle. You know what the kids are going to grab off the shelf. You know, and, 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 and look at, you know, look at the ingredients uh, uh, what's in the cereal and, and looking up their meanings and, you know, how, how are they processed and, you know, all these kids cereals out there, there is no nutritional value whatsoever. It's all ultra processed and it's full of sugar. And then you add milk, which is high in saturated fat and sugar. Looking back at the days when I was growing up, you know, nothing is looking back then and today, you know, nothing has changed in, in that perspective of, of breakfast cereals for, for kids and, and milk. 
We had powdered milk growing up. We had eight kids. Eight kids. We had powdered milk. And I didn't like it. I put it on my cereal because I'm not going to eat my cereal dry. But other than that, I never really drank milk. I don't consider powdered milk milk. So I never really drank milk. As you get older and stuff like that, you know, you you know, you start to 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 learn more things and as you get older you're starting to look at yourself and you're starting to look at at your health and you know where you want to be in in two years or where you want to be in three years you know you start looking at what changes um you can make you know maybe you know you 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 have this um tire waistline that you know you want to shrink you want to get rid of you know you want to in, 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 uh, increase your energy levels your lung capacity healthier heart you know I get it we're not good we don't live forever but we want to try to live as long as we possibly can I want to try to live as long as I possibly can. I mean, there's no guarantees in life. But all we can do is if we want to change our uh, change of what we're eating, well, you have to crawl before you can walk. Maybe we have to take more time in the grocery store aisles and start reading ingredients. Like I said earlier, you know, um, getting off the ultra processed foods, you know, um, not eating potato chips, not eating uh, cakes and cookies and donuts and, you know, chocolate bars and all that, that sort of stuff. I mean, I didn't stop at cold turkey. I mean, it took a little bit of time. And as I'm going through that process, yeah, I'm craving it. You know, my gut is telling my brain, no, you got to have it. No, don't walk past that. Take that, get that cookie, get that in that cart right now. You know, and the other side of me is saying, no, I'm not doing it. Stop bringing it into the house. If it's not in the cupboards, then you're not going to eat it. I go into my favorite coffee, coffee shop, Tim Hortons. It's a staple here in Canada. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, uh, 
that's all Canadian, Tim Horton, hence the name, was a National Hockey player in the National Hockey League. He opened up his first Tim Hortons in 1964 in Hamilton, Ontario. So I go in there and I get my coffee. What's staring me in the face? Muffins, donuts. The egg and sausage breakfast sandwiches, the farmer's wrap, all the bagels, you name it. When I look at that stuff, I see sugar. It's just one massive, massive amount of sugar. And I walk out with my coffee in hand and nothing else. I get my sugar natural sugar from fruit and there's an abundance of fruit that's where i get my sugars from nothing else yeah willpower it took a, you know it took a lot of willpower you know, because, you know, I loved my donuts. I loved my cookies. Loved my chips. Popcorn. Butter, popcorn, and salt. I loved that stuff. Don't eat it anymore. Change my diet. Very rarely, I'm not perfect, nobody's perfect. Very rarely will I have a hamburger. It's, you know, like McDonald's and Burger King and all that, you know, just a mat, like all the sodium, never mind the sodium on the French fries, but on the hamburgers too. Or just going into a grocery store and buying hamburger meat, and making hamburger patties and stuff like that. You know, once in a while, Last time I had bacon and eggs was last summer. I used to I used to work with this guy years ago. Every Saturday and Sunday. He would eat a pound of bacon himself. every Saturday and Sunday and eggs. I'm going back years. I'm, you know, going back like 20, I don't 20 years, 20 years. I don't even know if the guy's still alive. I haven't seen him in 20 years. A pound of bacon, Saturday and Sunday. He just loved bacon. Lots of people love bacon. 
I loved bacon when I ate bacon. But then you add all that into everything else that you eat. You know? I mean, he couldn't go buy a McDonald's. Well, stop it in, get a McDonald's. And we all, we all do it. We all done it. You know? Eating unhealthy. Eating, you know, that's why when you're eating potato chips or you're eating donuts or you're eating popcorn, buttery popcorn and salt and stuff like that, you just keep eating it and you're not filling up feeling hungry all the time. You know, like I said earlier, then, you know, you, so you had your dinner, whatever you had for dinner, maybe you had, you know, pork chop and, and, and potatoes and a little bit of, little portion of vegetables. And then you get it into the potato chips, ice cream and cookies, and you're still feeling hungry. And then eight o'clock at night, you know, a good movie comes on or your favorite TV program comes on or you want to watch a movie and you're still hungry. Get on Uber Eats and you order a pizza or maybe McDonald's, Wendy's or Burger King's, get it delivered. I've been guilty of that. We've all done that. People still do it. But I can't tell you what to eat. Just like doctors. They can't, doctors can't treat you with nutrition. You know, they got to write you a prescription for your high blood pressure. They got to write you a prescription to lower your cholesterol. They got to write you a prescription for your insulin. That's how they make money. They're not going to treat you with nutrition. If you, if you have heart disease, they're not going to treat it with nutrition. They're going to treat it with medication. And you look to see what your what your parents, what medications your parents are taking. And they're on different, like 10 different pills every single day. Or even more. Five pills in the morning, five pills at lunch, five, five pills at dinner, five pills at night. And they'll be on those pills for the rest of their lives. Because that being treated with nutrition. Because doctors can't treat you with nutrition. But 
I can't tell you, I can't tell you what to eat. It's entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you what you choose to eat. It's entirely up to you to do your, your own homework and research. Because your health is on you. So I want to thank you for joining me today. The show did go a little bit longer. Oh, look at that. An hour and 16 minutes. Try to keep it around an hour. But, you know, 45 minutes to an hour anyways. But that's what I tried to do. But, um, yeah, um, I did a show uh, yesterday morning. Um, it's been a long time before I did a Saturday show. And actually, um, the uh, my show went dormant. Um, for a while because um, I went through some things last year um, into April of last year um, the passing of my dad and, and and stuff like that and you know it's like any passing of a loved one you know you take it pretty hard you know and stuff like that but um, yesterday was the first time in a long time that I did a morning show and now you know I want to continue that um, Saturday, Saturdays and of course Sundays because I did start my show back on just Sunday mornings just to get back into it you know get my head on straight get my mind focused and you know um, don't get me wrong I still miss my dad I miss him a lot but um I have to go on, life goes on, you know, and I started doing this, uh, this podcast in 20, uh, in 2019. Now it's 2024. So adding my Saturdays back, this is my first Saturday in a very, very long time. And now I'll continue with that at 8.30 in the morning on Saturdays and 8.30 in the morning on Sundays. And um, try to focus, you know, even like myself, you know, on health and wellness. You know, we're not getting younger, we're getting older. You know, what can we do to improve ourselves? What can we do to improve our, 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 our health? And just a couple of names that I gave you out there, Dr. Joel Furman and Dr. Neil Menard, um, look up their books. Read up about them. I have their books. So until next Saturday morning, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when I'll be back out here. And then, of course, Sunday, next Sunday at 8.30 in the morning. And um, hey, I like to try to stay on this health and wellness and, and stuff like that. I mean, the news out there today is just so damn depressing. 
you know, it doesn't seem every time you turn on the news, it doesn't seem anything good's happening. You know, have you ever watched the news? They get, they start with all the bad things first, whether it's shootings, car accidents, fires, you name it, all the bad stuff, of course, with the, with the wars going on, you know, in Ukraine and Palestine war, you know, all that stuff, the Hamas war, I mean, you know, this, I'll even mention this. Um, is, is Donald Trump becoming the, the most um, the most new cat newscast? Than anybody? You know, one thing I like to try to stay away from, you know, that type of news. Um, politics even even Canadian I'm Canadian even Canadian politics I like to try to stay away from that um, yeah you know Unless something's really good in the news to talk about, something real exciting, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, even talking about health and wellness is not just about nutrition, eating. Well, it is about that, obviously. But, you know, how how does it affect, you know, like for, you know, even talking about um, uh, the homelessness, um, the crisis that we're in, the housing crisis that we're in, um, the addiction crisis um, that we're in, like with, with, with drugs, uh crisis of overdose, you know, here in Canada, you know, um, talk about the homeless and how it affects their health. You know, so there's lots of things, you know, um, when it comes to health and wellness and stuff like that, that to, uh, to talk about. And that's the kind of route that I want to go on. And, and stay away from the news, you know, stay away from politics. Death and taxes. <laughs> That's what we got. But anyways, until next Saturday morning at 830, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. And stay safe out there. And take care of yourselves. Thank you for joining me on the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care. Mm-hmm.